365 with Daniel, your daily dose of inspiration. Rolf Potts is a writer. His book, Vagabonding, an uncommon guide to the art of long-term world travel, has had an incredible success. Besides that, he also reported from more than 60 countries for brands like National Geographic, The New Yorker, New York Times Magazine, and many more. Let's hear his answers. Uh, to um, sort of expand your life and expand ideas of what it's like to live. And so this book isn't, this is, book isn't even out yet. It's uh, my friend Colleen edited it. And uh, it's just a collection of American travel writers. Actually, I think it's international people uh, talking about meeting strangers and what it's, what it's like and, and what it's like to remember these people. Uh, but yeah, I always read about eight different books at once, and that's one of them. Okay, that's one of them. Mm-hmm. What would you put on a flyer that would be seen by the entire world? What would I put wh- where? On a flyer. On a flyer that would see by this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I guess this is this is in keeping with what I write about in Vagabonding, but I've been reminded of it by the new book, which is basically Time is All You Own. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think we can get caught up in so many things about what we own or don't own, including, you know, things and people when in fact time is how life happens. Life plays out in terms of how we spend our minutes and our hours and our days and our months. And I think people forget that sometimes there's some very wealthy, rich people who aren't happy. You know, they're not spending the time in the way they want. They're trying to become more successful, even though they have more money than they could spend in a hundred years. And yet they're still stuck in this pattern and they're not realizing that time is all they own, that, that, that they keep making more money and, and they're not ma- getting any happier. So it doesn't just have to be about money, but often, at least in the United States, that's how it is. People get obsessed with, with making more money, but they don't know how to spend their time. So uh, that would be on my flyer. Cool. Here's a funny one. Okay. Who is your favorite cartoon character and why? My favorite cartoon. It's funny. My wife and I were just talking about cartoons this morning because she's about eight years <laughs> younger than me. So she watched different cartoons when she was a kid. She watched slightly yeah, different true. cartoons than me. Uh, let me think. Sure, sure, sure. Um, just because it's, I, I think we watch cartoons more when we're kids and it's been a while since I was a kid. <laughs> so yeah well I, you know I, i'm tempted to say snoopy because snoopy was mm. popular if you know snoopy when i was a kid but i don't know if i i don't know if i was uh really that wild about snoopy let me think hey, have, have you heard of uh yeah, no, I have the song to Fraggle Rock in my head because I was joking about that with my wife, but that's not even a cartoon. That's a that's a Muppet movie. That's like a puppet uh, TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I have one. I might have to email you later and tell you if if one no, pops no into my head. I can't think of a <laughs> of a cartoon character. I mean, it it seems like it seems like I should, but I can't think of one. Let's carry on, and if it comes, it comes. If okay. Uh, what fear did you overcome, and what did you learn from the experience? I think the most important fear uh, I overcame is 
sort of that that fear of not doing what I dreamed of doing when I wanted to do it. Uh, when I was when I was younger than you, even again, it's that that conundrum of what happens when you're out of university and society is telling you to do what you want, what what you should, you know, you should become responsible and employed and make a lot of money and settle down. Um, when I was young, I was just really worried that I would never. I, what I wanted to do, I didn't want to get a job. I wanted to travel. I wanted to get short jobs so I could make money to travel. Um, and that was, it took me about three years to overcome that fear. I really had to think about it a lot before, before I was able to give myself that chance to travel. And it mm. turns out that I didn't need a lot of money to do it. I just needed to take what money I had and, and travel. And so my very first vagabonding trip, I was 23 years old. I went with a friend and, uh, in a way I went with a friend just so that I couldn't cheat so that I couldn't not do it. You know, my friend kept me accountable. I knew that if yeah. I, if I went with a friend, then I couldn't say, yeah, no, never mind. He'd say, well, wait a second, we're, we're going to travel, we're right? Doing, so yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, um, that's one thing that I, I still advise people to this day is that having a friend can help you accountable. Sometimes if you have a goal that makes you nervous, then it's harder to not do your goal if your friend is there because you're you're almost more afraid of telling your friend that you want to quit than you are of quitting your goal. Uh, so that worked out pretty well for me. Okay. Okay. Uh, I guess like the idea of making it public, it's, yeah, you're committing yourself. So yeah, I, I understand. I understand. The good yeah, one. it's... It's harder to not to not finish. It's easy mm -hmm. to not finish. It's easy to have a goal in your head, but then once yeah, you yeah, yeah, once yeah, it yeah. comes out of your mouth and and you've told people about it and you're you're bringing people along, then it's harder to quit and it's and it's totally worth it. So even though I traveled with a friend my first vagabonding trip, I I most of the rest of the ten or twenty years I had traveled alone because I had that confidence. I got over that fear by traveling with a friend the first time. Yeah. If tomorrow. Uh, you could meet one person that you haven't met. Who would it be? Why? And what would you talk about? Uh, living or dead? Mm, both. Okay. Well, I, I, um, you know, my cheat question is always an obvious one. Like, you know, to meet Jesus or the Buddha or something, just because they've so many years of philosophical thought has been influenced by the, these religious figureheads. Um, but that's true. I mean, even in my new book, I quote the the Jesus and the Buddha quite a bit, just because there's this. I think people who lived thousands of years ago that we're still reading today, um, something philosophically they they got right, you know, because their their ideas have not died yet. Uh, but you know, I probably couldn't speak. I need a translator. You know, I can't speak Aramaic or whatever language the the Buddha spoke. Uh, so. Yeah, you know, I I think also um, there's there's ideas of first half versus second half of life uh, concerns, and you're in a, you're a first half of life guy. You know, you're in your twenties. I'm fifty one now, so I'm a second half of life guy. Um, and I think sometimes when you're younger, you want to meet your heroes, you want to meet people who inspire you, and then when you're a little bit older, you just sort of want to meet your neighbors and meet the people you love and, <laughs> and you want your, your parents and your in-laws to live as long as possible so you can spend more time with them. So I think, um, you know, philosophically I would meet these great religious thought leaders like Jesus or the Buddha. 
Whereas in real yeah. life, I just, I'm excited to spend more time with my dad who's in his eighties or, or, you know, walk down the road and say hello to my neighbors because that is, uh, that's sort of what I'm grateful for these days. Mm. What is something that most people learn only after it's too late? I think it's, it's that, that idea of, of loving the moment. It's that idea that I should probably talk about this more just because really that you spend your 20s worrying about what you're going to do in life. And then you spend your 30s, 40s and 50s and 60s wishing you were still in your 20s. Right. I think there's the something circle, the, the vicious circle. Yeah. So I think um, people don't realize until it's too late that life, again, is in the present moment and that that um, there's always good and bad. Uh, there's always ambition. We, we're always learning. But the only life we have is the life we have right now. And so I think people can, they spend years being unhappy because they think they have to, they think happiness is only something that's in the future. Uh, and that sometimes they realize they were happier before they were successful or they were happier, you know, back when they thought they were not happy. So I think just keeping perspective and, and just realizing that it's not good to waste time Worrying, worrying about bad things from the past or hoping for good things for the future, but just finding ways to make the past and the future accord with what's happening right now and uh, living the best life you can. Yeah, so like being in my late 20s, it's the idea would be to also celebrate, right? Not not mm. only be in the future and uh, think, well, I'm, I'm going to do that and that and that and that. Also like celebrate what's going on now, what's going to, happen in i don't know maybe tomorrow not in two years or five years in my career or stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah and be and be grateful yeah. yeah 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 mm, here's one if you could keep from your material stuff only what fits in the backpack what would it be And I think you have some insights. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I uh, about 12 years ago, I traveled around the world with no luggage, and and so I actually know the answer to this question is that you don't really <laughs> need anything. You just need enough to keep yourself alive because the world is so exciting. You know, there was mm. actually I did a I did a um, I did a video blog and I did some writing. So um, I traveled with a cameraman, and and uh, of course I needed a toothbrush and you know uh, other simple things. But really, what I learned. When I started traveling with no luggage, I just had some things in my pockets. I had a vest with a pocket where I could put extra clothing and things like that. And at first I was nervous that it would be hard. But after one week, I realized it, that it wasn't hard. You know, that basically it was, it was hard for about a week and then I got used to it. I would just wash. I had two sets of clothing and I would wash one pair every day, dry it overnight and then wear the other pair the next day. And I didn't miss anything. And I realized, you know, I went to Paris, I went to Morocco, I went to South Africa, I went to Thailand, I went to New Zealand. And I realized that life is really not about what you take with you, it's what you do. It's not what you have in your bag, it's what is in front of your eyes. Um, and I know that that's pretty glib of me to say, and that there are certain uses for material possessions, but I think travel, a great thing about travel is that even if you love material possessions, eventually when you travel, you're gonna get sick of carrying them around. And so, Um, travel really helps you realize what's important. You know, if you, if you, you know, I'm, I'm in my house right now, there's no way I can carry even a tiny percentage of what I have in my house. And so you have to decide yeah. what do I want to take? If I'm going to travel around the world for a few months, what I'm going to take in my case, 
it, I, I realized I didn't need much. I, I, I was in my late thirties when I did that. And I realized that once I was traveling, I just needed enough to stay clean, to stay clean and, and, and have enough money to pay for things. So, um, so yeah, that's it. And I think for your listeners, this could be a good experiment. That's one great thing about travel is that travel, it repositions your relationship to, uh, to what you own and that, you can't travel with everything you own. So what you take in your little backpack is, is going to force you to, to decide what's going to be important for you for those few days or weeks or months that you travel. Uh, and that's, that's one gift that travel gives us is just realize that what we own is not as important as what we do. Yeah. It's a bit profound. You know, if you go besides the, like just the material stuff, if, if you do it like an exercise, it's really profound and, as you're saying, it's a good exercise to mm, imagine yeah. it and, and see how it feels, at least not necessarily do it. Maybe feeling it could be a first step. Yeah. Um, if you could know the absolute and total truth to one question, what question would you ask? I, I think this is a question that you would answer that you would answer at different times at different uh, different times of life. You know, like I yeah. I don't want to know um, when I, when I'm going to die or what the afterlife looks like <laughs> or, or anything like that. Um, the, the absolute truth to, to one question. I think also that, that people oftentimes they find, I'm, I'm going to have to cheat on this question too. They, um, yeah, yeah. You know, they, 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 they want to know why are we here? What's, what's the meaning of life? What's the purpose of this? Because you go through life and it keeps changing as you get older and then, then, yeah. then I, I think that really it's it's less a, a, a meaning of life than the experience of living, you know. And that oftentimes uh, it's it's a process and it keeps changing. And that is that is the in, in a way I, I don't want to know the truth to those sorts of questions because mm. if you let it, life can 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 keep surprising you. You know, if you realize that, like I was. When I was about your age, a little bit older, I started to get my first success as a writer, but I wouldn't want to be that age anymore. You know, it keeps, you know, I'm glad that life keeps changing and I keep having new challenges and some bad things happen and some good things happen. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess I'm not answering your question, but I think sometimes the truth uh, is in not knowing the truth, you know, that, that, that sometimes not knowing what's going to happen not having the answers allows you to explore the questions a little bit that, yeah. uh, the, the, the questions revisiting the questions are important than having an answer that might not be as relevant in one year or 10 years. So, yeah, as you're saying, I, uh, I think like change is, is very, it feels very natural, you know, and it, when you embrace it for sure, it's, I guess it's even better instead of resisting it and saying, oh, I don't want this to change and stuff, but it's probably going to change <laughs> even if you like it or not. Well, I think some cultures are better. I don't know how Romanian culture is, but I know that some cultures are better at acknowledging change and aging in life. Um, like in, like in India, some cultures in India, you, you, you didn't, as you get older, you take on a new name, you know, that, mm. or like in China, you have more respect. America is a very youth worshiping culture. And so, you know, people, I'm 51. So people, guys in, who are 51 worry about, you know, they, they try to live like they're 27 or something. Um, when in fact it's a blessing, it's, it's exciting to, to get old and to change as you age. 
because nobody stays 27, 28, or even 51 forever. It's a teenager dream, I think, you know, this idea of always being young. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's it's, it, yeah. it's very American, and it's it's nice, but it's also self defeating because nobody can stay young, yeah. and so yeah, it's I not think sustainable. Yeah, it's it's not sustainable, and so I think changing in such a way that you can find joy in a, being a person who grows older, um, that that's key, and I, that's something that, that uh, like American culture in particular could do better because you know the, the older cultures like China and India do a little bit better job of. Pre- of not forcing old people to, to pretend to be young, you know, to, to realize mm-hmm. that change is a good thing, but it not just change. Well, again, it's that first half, second half of life thing. You spend the first half of your life really becoming yourself and the second half of your life enjoying yourself. And you can't really enjoy yourself unless you realize that age happens and you have to, you have to adapt yeah. to become this older person with uh, new relationships at some point. Um, you know, you're a younger person relating to older people, and then you're an older person relating to younger people. So, true, true. A more practical question: What okay. do you do when you can't focus? Well, the the the, the fast answer is I drink coffee. That's coffee. <laughs> like okay. ca- caffeine, caffeine uh, helps me focus. Um, and in fact, here in the United States, it's morning, and I'm I'm caffeinated. So. Um, <laughs> good timing <laughs> yeah 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 i think also um eliminating distractions uh mm-hmm. like i don't even listen to music my wife can listen to music when she works but i eliminate music uh eliminate things the like social, social media. media yeah 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 you're mentioning yeah, yeah I, I think it's rare these days to do one thing at a time um mm-hmm. and so i think sometimes it's a matter of reminding myself Oh yeah, you should probably do one thing at a time. You know, when I'm working, like when I was writing on my new book, the worst thing I could do was having too many distractions, doing anything that wasn't tied in to what I was supposed to do. And I don't know what it was like to live a hundred years ago, but I feel like there were fewer distractions. You know, you sat yeah. in your room and you had a piece of paper or a typewriter and you wrote your book. But now, even when I was writing this new book, I would think, oh, I want to research this this author, or I want to I want to look into the, what this word means in, in, um, Sanskrit, you know, and then pretty soon I'm doing something that has nothing to do with what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, so I think focus is a a matter of doing one thing at a time and reminding yourself that multitasking is not working. It's, it's literally the opposite of work. It's, it's a way of feeling like you're working without actually doing what you're supposed to be doing. These days you're, you're, uh, do you journal these days? I do. Um, Actually, I haven't, I haven't journaled in a while because I was pretty busy. I've been going through deadlines on my uh, yeah on my book. Uh, yeah, but but I I journaled. It was funny. I I I journaled almost every day since since the pandemic, since COVID. Um, and I uh, so it's it's fun. It's like the journal is not that philosophical, but I sort of have a document now of not only what the world has been like as it's changed so much with the pandemic, but also it was the time I met my wife. So I have very detailed times about this, you know, this time in my life when, when love came into it. Um, so I want to return to my journal because it's a good exercise. Are, are you a journaler? Uh, recently, I mean, I've had huge off and on periods, mm-hmm. but now I'm uh, getting back to it. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a pretty so, good, 
I, I don't say that I, I, I wouldn't say that everybody has to do it, but it's a good it's a good way of self expression and sort of exercising yeah. reflection on yeah, yeah, yeah. on your days. It quiets the mind also. Yeah, yeah. My in my case, <laughs> at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too many thoughts. Yeah. Um, what's a belief that you hold, which many people disagree with? A belief that I hold that many people disagree with. It might be just that theme that, that time is all you own, you know, and mm. I'm not sure that people are, I think philosophically people can say, oh, sure, yeah, time is what you own. But I think oftentimes in practice, nobody lives like time is what, you know, is what we own. People really, you know, we waste a lot of time and it feels like all my answers are falling into the same thing because even multitasking is a way of, of, of wasting your time. You know, you have time where you're supposed to complete a task. Well, Work on the task. Don't figure out what's happening on Twitter and, you know, text your mom or whatever. Uh, work on one task at a time. And so I really think that that the, um, not that I'm perfect. Uh, I'm still trying to improve my approach towards being rich in time. But one reason why it's hard to remember to be rich in time is that just people don't live in a time-rich way. They think about money or they think about material possessions or they think about things the th things that are important, they think of entertainments, they think of keeping their distractions. Um, yeah, so uh, it's a belief that I have. I often waste my time, but I'm trying to remember, you know, just that life is what I have. Life is what I have right now. So I'm going to keep trying. Yeah, there's also this, not old, but let's say, yeah, uh, movie with, uh, I think it's Justin Timberlake. Okay. Maybe. And it's, I think it's called time actually, or something like that. And the idea is that all people have their time here. So they go to the job and they be, get paid in hours and stuff. And they do this stamp, you know, yeah. and then uh, he finds a guy from like the a rich, the rich, uh, a rich future uh, kind of uh, technological like uh, city. And he had hundreds of years and uh -huh. the guy was like suicidal and the guy transfers the uh, his his fortune to the character that Justin Timberlake plays, and then uh, you might enjoy it. I'm not sure. I, I'm and, you, and you're sure it's Justin Timberlake? I might write this down. Yeah, you can check the trailer. I think it's actually Time or something like that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I I can also email it to you. Sure. No, I've never heard of it, but it sounds interesting. Yeah, with this theme of time, I think you might enjoy it. Yeah. Okay, we reached the final question. Okay. And is. Is there any exact method that leads us to what we want or dream about? I think the answer is no, but the best method, <laughs> the, the best method we have is, is just focus and patience and self-belief. You know, I think there's a lot of ways that we can um, be distracted from being the person we want to be and achieving the things we want to be. And sometimes those distractions can come into what society is telling us about how to be successful. Again, that's why we have all these unhappy rich people, at least in the United States. Um, and so I really think patience, focus, and belief is important. Just sort of mm. getting more information uh, about yourself and about the world and knowing that nothing happens overnight and that what you consider success today might be different in 10 years. And so I think the more 
I've talked about this before. We should have sort of success management. We should know that success, even when you get success, sometimes that success needs to be understood and managed in a way. So I think if you're if you're reflective and patient and focused and you have belief in yourself, then you can sort of know not only how to be successful, but who this person is who is becoming successful. You know, it's sort of sort of self-knowledge and it requires just patience and openness to the world and maybe even humility, you know, just just um knowing that um, there's a lot to learn and that listening is as important as talking. Were there periods where, uh, let's say, you felt you were the only one that was believing in something that you're trying to do or achieve? Yeah, like, I mean, I, I still feel that way sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. and I think, too, you know, I'm a, I'm a writer, I'm an author, and sometimes... Um, I mean, my new book will be my my fifth, and it's not like I, I completely base my my pride in all of my books, but it it, it comes and goes. That sometimes uh, you're feeling great because you know you you have a book that people are excited about and and you're hearing about, and um, and then sometimes you don't hear at all, and you wonder if if you're you know just sort of shouting in an in, in an empty room, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I, I think that that uh, even. Even the, the middle decades of one, one's life has peaks and valleys, you know, and there'll be times when anybody, no matter what level of success they achieve, uh, they feel really successful and other times where they feel like they're like completely alone in the world and nobody understands what's happening. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a good experience to have. I think it would be, um, I think it was a novel, the American novelist Donald Bartholm said that um, ongoing success is almost as meaningless as ongoing lack of success. You know, uh, I may have been mm-hmm. misquoting, but I think having that experience of not feeling like you, you're, you belong or like you're successful helps you appreciate those moments when you do, you know? Cool. What a great way to end. Thanks yeah. a lot. Ralph. You bet. Yeah. You bet. We reached the end of the episode. Our host, Daniel is always searching for new guests If you have any people in mind that you want to see in the podcast, please share the names via social media. Want to support our journey? Please review, share, and subscribe to our social channels and help us inspire more and more people. See you in the next episode. We reached the end of the episode.